Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Adi Oladipo here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Find an extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to recap the first big domestic card of the year where Liam Smith made what was light work in the end of Chris Eubank Jr. in Manchester, causing a stoppage in just a full round, much to everyone's surprise. We are going to hear from Smith about what he plans to do next and discuss if there is enough appetite to see a rematch in Anfield, as has been talked about. We'll also recap the best of the undercard and speak with Richard Riakpour, who continued his charge towards a world title by stopping Christoph Glowacki in the fourth round. Uh, more big fight action this weekend. Anthony Yard takes on Artur Baturbiev. Remember, it's live on TalkSport this Saturday night. We're going to look ahead to the fight and discuss what chance, if any, Yard has of dethroning the unified light heavyweight champion. Plus, we'll hear from Josh Taylor. He's spoken to Gareth A. Davis after his fight with Jack Catchell was delayed again following an injury to the Scott. Look, busy show as always. Don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. It's just not really giving Smith too much of an opportunity to do his own work this time. Let's go with the left hand. Eubank pushes him out and down he goes in the blue corner. And he is in huge trouble here, Eubank. He is all over the place. And this could be over. Peter Lundin has him to walk forward. And Liam Smith is on the brink. I was always confident that because Shubank Jr. obviously it was in a little bit of better fashion than probably people thought, but I was always confident I'd get the win either way. Left to the body, then right upstairs. Belaski in trouble here. Al Foster having a close look as he looked defenseless for a second. The referee's about to jump in any second now to save the pole. And that is a good stoppage. You're absolutely right. We're on the train. The next stop, all the champions. All the champions. Jay Obatai, I know you're watching this. Trust me, we're coming for you. Makabu, you look can't run no more. Akoli, Arsene Villamaria. I know all of you lot, and I think about you every day when I go to sleep. Trust me, we're coming for you. Gareth, only one place to start, and that was um, in Manchester on the weekend. Liam Smith stopping Chris Eubank Jr., in the fourth round. Look, with boxing, everyone says expect the unexpected. It is an unpredictable sport. But speaking to former boxers, current boxers, people like yourself, journalists, fans, nobody predicted that. Like of all the outcomes possible, and there were, there were many outcomes, right? No one predicted that Liam Smith was going to stop Eubank Jr. that early in the fight. Yeah, our talk, um, those of us deep in the industry like ourselves, um, you know, from an observational point of view, um, felt that you know it could go one way or the other, which is that Eubank would win on points or that Smith would win on points. Mm. And you know you could argue both cases. I'd gone for Smith on points. Sorry, I'd gone for Eubank on points. 
Um, I'd spoken to many, many brilliant observers in the industry who just felt that Smith would pip the fight uh, yeah. down the stretch. 100 to 1 that was with some of the bookmakers wow. for round four for the knockout. That's how unexpected, <laughs> yeah. as you say, it was, Eddie. Um, but it was the... It was the you, you Look, take nothing away from Liam Smith. And I think I've been misrepresented here. I mean, the analysis that I've done after the fight was why Eubank collapsed so easily to him, um, brutally dismantled in that ninth, in that fourth round by nine power punches. Um, but but it wasn't a, a Eubank we're used to seeing. Mm, um, but, but no one's barely put a dent in him. As I say, take nothing away from Smith. Fantastic victory. Um but it was it was a shocker in lots of ways. I mean, it was it was a silencer. Um, and for me, I want to see Smith um, fight Eubank again. I mm, think Eubank will, will should invoke the rematch clause um, because I think something wasn't right with Eubank's body. I'm only saying that based on previous observations in his fight. Yes, it could have been a perfect punch. Um, Maybe it was an elbow, an accidental elbow that created the hematoma. But Eubank definitely ended in a heap. His inexperience of never being down in a fight before told as well, where he didn't stay down when he was hurt. Lots of things to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, but some people lose in this sport. It's a cruel, brutal sport. And the trajectory of a career can end in an instant. A life can end in an instant in boxing. But that's how dangerous it is. But here, we saw the trajectory of Chris Eubank's career kind of explode in an instant from a moment of brilliance by Liam Smith. Yeah, look, I mean, there's so many things to discuss in it. I think one thing we need to explore is uh, the training situation. Roy Jones Jr., Chris Eubank, I don't think that's worked. Um, I, I was watching old Eubank fights the other day and arguably his best performances, James DeGale, uh, Avni Yildirim, um, Arthur Abraham, and he's on the front foot, he's in your face, he's aggressive, he's throwing punches and bunches. He's almost now tried to morph into a back foot fighter and I'm, I'm like well that's not what you are good at again your, your best wins come from when you put it on your opponents yeah you use your athleticism your, your strength and your your sheer will I don't think any of us you know have, have thought that he's a brilliant boxer uh, and now all of a sudden in his 30s we're trying to convert him into that and I, I feel like maybe that partnership has run its course I, I don't know if he's going to maybe if he does invoke the rematch, maybe he looks elsewhere and moves away from Roy. I'm not quite sure. What's your thoughts on how that's worked, him and Roy Jones? Well, I I think I'm going to add a couple of things. Roy Jones Jr. should have advised him when Chris didn't want to take a nutritionist when he was cutting weight for the Conor Ben mm. fight. And I'm sorry to go back to this, but I remember doing specifically doing an interview uh, with Chris Eubank where he said, I'm not using a, uh, a nutritionist. I'm just yeah. going to do it myself. I'm going to use my notebook that I've, kept for all these years my 12-year wow. career and go back and try and cut weight like that we saw that emaciated photo of him that is an aspect of Roy Jones Jr I'd like to see completely agree with you um he was caught with his hands down anyway um it, that hands down style I don't think is his um like you say that the style has changed completely um you wouldn't want you wouldn't not want Roy Jones Jr. around you, to be honest, because if he wanted to train you and the way it came together with the two men during COVID, I get why he has stayed yeah. uh, with yeah, with Roy Jones Jr. But, you know, um, Ronnie Davis is around him as well. Ronnie Davis has been around him, held him as a baby, remember, because Ronnie Davis down in Brighton uh, was his dad's trainer as well. Um, yeah, there's the trouble, not the trouble is, but what happens in a situation like this is when, something catastrophic happens and, and the boxers suffer the ignominy, the hubris of the fall like this, great fall from grace. Um, we tend to analyze all the little parts of it. It may just be that he's he's got too old yeah. um, and, and time has caught up with him. Um, but I do think the the style that he has under Roy Jones, you, I couldn't say it better myself, it, that, that style with the hands down, being elusive. Yes, it worked brilliantly for two rounds. The first round was very close. Phony war. Next two rounds, um, I think, were Eubanks. Um, but Smith was doing that stalking game, wasn't he? When Ooh. I get in, I'm going to give it to you. Um, and, and yeah, it didn't work for Eubank. The, the style doesn't work. He may need to look at it. Um, 
And and this is what boxers very often do when they lose. They do change trainers. Who knows? Um, he may go back to to father in the corner. Um, Who knows? Who knows, but right. um, but it's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, look, he's very tight of the weight. It's funny. I mean, everyone looks at him on the scales, and he looks fantastic, doesn't he? I mean, you look at him, and it's it's so impressive. But I, I've always likened it to a Ferrari no engine, where it looks really good, but it takes a lot out of you to get down to 160, let alone get down to the 159 that he showed that he got to when the Conor Ben fight was postponed. In hindsight, how silly was that to do that weight cut when you didn't need to? I mean, me and you are big MMA fans, and I remember Tony Ferguson doing that as well. And Tony Ferguson hasn't won a fight since. I'm not trying to say that's the sole reason, but you can't deplete your body when... Why deplete your body when you don't need to? Why remove fluid from the brain? And I, I look at that weight cut against Conor Ben, and I think... It's not... Look, I don't want to... I feel like I'm taking things away from Liam Smith, and I don't want to. But I look at that weight cut they did against Conor Ben, and I think, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, Listen, you didn't need to. Tony Ferguson was never the same, and it was the weight cut. Mm. He didn't need to do the weight cut. Just say it. Um, it yeah. drastically affected me. He was never, never the same fighter afterwards. And I did think that when I saw that emaciated photo yeah. of Chris Eubank Jr., I thought, why are you on earth? You're not being paid to do it, so why go through that just to prove a point? You may never be the same again. You're not just depleting yourself um, <clears throat> of, of that for, for the ghost weigh-in. All your organs, all your cells are, are being depleted. Yeah. And also, it's the recovery afterwards. It's how you treat your body afterwards. And again, just to underline, not taking anything away from what Liam Smith did, um, that his body probably hasn't recovered properly. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have the same tensile strength. Your physiology changes. Um, it, 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 it was foolish. It was foolish to do that. And as I say... I, I, all the things that I remember now about Chris Eubank Jr. saying to him about, I'm not using a nutritionist to do it. I know how to do this. It's not good. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I do wonder now whether, um, look, this is a guy that fought at super middle effectively as well. So it just shows that you've got to be very, very careful. And, and indeed, Liam Smith, having starved his body for all those years to make 154 and become a world champion, He's feeling fantastic at 160 yeah. because he's not having to cut so much weight anymore. He's got massive legs, remember? You see that with Liam. It's where he, get his, his, where he gets his power from. So there's all these, these points. That they're, 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 the fine, um, they're the fine comb details of making sure that you're getting it right um, in terms of your physicality. For, for fights. It can so easily go wrong, especially when you're this age. You know, you mentioned that there is um, a rematch clause in there, and I think there is, going on social media, I'm surprised, but there is an appetite as well for people to want to see the rematch. Yeah. It probably will happen at Anfield. It'll be a big money fight. Um, I, I think Chris struggles at 160. I don't think Liam would take the fight at 168, but could there be a catch weight in there? Would Liam take it at 164 just because of how big the fight would be? Well, well, Liam, I think, has been very smart and and a little bit kind of digging at um, Chris, saying after the fight that no, I'll do it at one fifty seven, one fifty eight, <laughs> just to let him know you're gonna have to stop yourself now. again to fight me, um, because maybe the weight isn't something in the contract, so maybe that's something they've discussed in the Smith team. Um, credit also, by the way, before I forget, for for Joe McNally jumping in the ring and grabbing Eubank um, and not celebrating with his own fighter when Eubank didn't know where he was and wanted to go on in the fight mm. and making, because Liam still had his hands up, rightly, um, and brilliant work by him. And uh, listen, I, I've known the Smiths a long time and I'm so pleased them. I have to say that publicly. They are a fantastic family, um, you know, and um, I just hope Liam's mum was all right on the night because she can't watch any of her four boys, boys fight. Um, I, I do think the rematch will happen. I hope it does. It, and, I, and I do think Eubank, who's a very proud and very brave man, will invoke that clause once the dust has settled and he's licked his wounds, Addy. Let's hear from Liam Smith. Um, he was asked about Chris Eubank and the rematch, and this is what he had to say. I would like to push on now and see where I can go if I can become world champion again. You know, that was a huge night. Six off. I've had a huge night, a huge fight with Chris Eubank Jr., I've won. I'd love to move on now. Um, 
But look, the, the rematch clause got put in by Chris and Chris's team. Yeah. Now it's time to kiss to take that. Um, he's got to sit and watch that fight back. And like you say, look, that was that's a damaging defeat to come back from from Chris. Um, you know, again, he is his pride on he sets he sets out that his pride on his chin is so good, and he's got to sit and watch like you know he's got to watch himself stumbling around the ring, not knowing the fight's being stopped, wanting to carry on. No, like he didn't know where he was and. He's got to watch that back and then decide if he wants a rematch. If he does want a rematch, it's it's going to be mentally tough for Chris because he's going to get back in with the man who knocked him out. And like I said, the only man to knock him out and the only man to drop him. And you know, we've seen his dad's post, which is a very nice post. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. So it's it's going to be mentally it's going to be mentally challenging for Chris to come back. Liam Smith there uh, talking after the fight and look. I'm with you. I do think that Chris Eubanks a proud man, and it's funny who would have known three years ago that. We're going to have a rivalry between Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith. Boxing works weird sometimes, doesn't it? All of a sudden, we've got one. And look, I, I think as much as, I, you know, after immediately after the fight, I said, you know, Chris should maybe call it quits. I wouldn't mind seeing the rematch as well now. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, I, I think it's a struggle for Chris to get to 160. Again, I know for people watching it that are maybe, you know, casual fans, they might look at him on the scales and think, what? He looks incredible. But I do think it takes a lot out of him. Again, you said it. Four years ago, he was fighting at 168. Yes, he was undersized, but he went to 168. Um, so I, I do wonder if 160 is a bit of a squeeze for him. Yeah, it's going to be. But, you know, there, there's, it's a big fight. It's still a big fight. Um, and also for, for Eubank, it's almost, yes, he could take the Conor Ben fight if Conor Ben comes back. but And, and that is doable. Um, but um, I just think he... He needs a better performance to go into that. You know, I mean, Smith Smith will end up being a big favourite if they have a second fight. Um, yeah. I think the Conor Ben fight's always there, to be honest. Um, it's, it's, it's always well, I guess always there as long as Eubank can make the one sixty because Conor Ben's not going to go up to one sixty eight, is he? Yeah, and it also and it also makes you think. It did make me think on the night. I discussed this with with um, my fight night colleague, Adam Catterall in the moment. So I, I brought this up a lot on Saturday night, um, in the studio that imagine now that Eubank was in, I'm, oh. I'm not, again, not taking anything away from Smith. Cause I want to emphasize this cause everybody's big on this at the moment. Imagine if Connor Ben, uh, was doing that to Chris Eubank, uh, after what had happened and the fight had gone ahead with the, the tests, positive tests behind the scene. I was like just thinking in a, in a kind of panic sense, how scary, awful the set scary, is scary. scary. That's why. Scary. That's why the like the, the sport, idea of yeah. the drug test issue one five seven. Yeah, the fact that he couldn't rehydrate to what yeah. he fully wanted yeah. to. Yeah, and 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 fight fans would have like not known about all that behind the scenes yet. It's, it's honestly scary. scary it is to think about a good it's, win for Richard Riakpour. Uh, we we will talk more about Chris Eubank, Liam Smith. Just want to quickly yeah. touch on Richard Riakpour. We're going to hear from him. A bit later, good win for him against Christoph Glowacki. Needed to get the stoppage, got the stoppage. Oh, fantastic performance by him. Um, the key was what we've learned from Richard in the last couple of performances, Eddie, is that um, he's got patience now with that great power he has. And massive statement win for him. Fourth round, I think it took Lawrence Ciccoli six rounds mm -hmm. uh, to beat Christoph Glowacki. So onwards and upwards for Richard Reactor in 2023 is exactly where he needs to be. Yeah, Um Joseph Parker, Jack Massey was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because, look, I was surprised Joseph Parker was out so soon after the beating he took from Joe Joyce. Um, when when you have an opponent coming up from cruiserweight like Jack Massey, I guess you want rounds, but you also want to make a statement. He got the rounds, but there was no statement. I guess, look, it'll be happy that he went in the 10 rounds, but I think a lot of people expected Joseph Parker to maybe get Jack Massey out of there. Absolutely, of course we did. And he went yeah. hunting for him. And Massey, you know, as he put out himself on his own social media after his you know, I lost, but that was a win for me. His stock has risen from being 10 rounds with a former WBO heavyweight champion who's, you know, won the title and went 12 rounds with Anthony Joshua yeah. without, you know, a, a lot of alarm, even though the referee was awful that nine quarters only didn't let them fight the terrible, terrible night that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but Joseph Parker didn't seem that unhappy about it either. But it was a little bit disappointing because you did, you, you, you were anticipating, um, a kind of emphatic uh, result for Joe Parker. Um, but but Mac Massey showed that, you know, once Mac Massey showed that he was smart in that, 
He, yeah. he was smart to go 30 minutes. Yeah, smart, fast, and, and a good. should be good fights for him. If he stays in the heavyweight division, I think there's some good good fights for Jack Massey uh, to come. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to look ahead to TalkSport's live commentary this weekend between Artur Baturbiev and Anthony Yard. And we're going to hear from Josh Taylor after his rematch with Jack Catchell was once again postponed. But up next, we're going to be joined by the midnight train himself, Richard Riakpo. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, big night of boxing uh, Saturday just gone from the sold-out Manchester Arena, or the AO Arena, as they call it now. Look, a lot of the focus will be on Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith. You, you can understand why, but the man in the co-main event put on a performance as well, Richard Riappo, beating former world champion Christoph Glowacki. Uh, and Richard, I remember speaking to you at the press conference on Thursday, and I was like, you've got to make... You know, you've got to do a job on him. What's left on him? And we weren't quite sure what was left. And there was something left. I think Christoph Glowacki came to fight, but I think you showed that there are levels now to what you do. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, he was saying some things in a press conference saying, you know, hopefully he gets through. He sounded quite, like, negative, but I feel like that was the strategy coming in. Mm. They wanted to seem like they're just coming for a payday and they're not going to try. But I feel like they, they really did have a plan to to beat me and then go on to, um, you know, fight somebody else and maybe even get another shot at a title and make some more money. But um, I'm, I made sure that, we, you know, I had my mindset, you know, fixed on on, on just getting out there and imposing myself on him and letting him know that I'm I'm the next best thing coming out. You know, I'm, we're, the, we're the new generation mm. and your time is over. You know, it's our time now. Yeah, no, and you certainly showed that. What was it like walking out? Because when you walked out, obviously it's packed, right? Everyone's in there. You walked out around 10 o'clock in the evening. What's it like walking out to 13,000 people in the arena? Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a big feeling. Mm. You know, um, you know when the music comes on and um, you're hearing the, the crowd, people are like, oh, we're at poor, you know, up the palace and, and you know, all these uh, chants and stuff, man. It's, it's, it's a surreal feeling. And I try my best to embrace the moment and just just understand because I understand, you know, we can't do this forever. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I might I might as well make the most of it whilst I still whilst whilst I'm doing it. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. It's really good, you know, embracing the fans as well when I'm walking to the ring. But I I really enjoy it. Some people say it's, they get really nervous when they walk into the ring. It's a long walk. It may, it's, it's, it's the just, longest uh, walk in the yeah. world. I mean, the walk from the changing rooms to the arena, it feels like it goes on forever and ever and ever. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you what is long. It's the wait before you get the the go-ahead to, to make your way to the arena. Oh. That's the long part. And a lot of boxers will probably confirm this. But walking to the ring and stuff like that, that's that's fine. I, I love it. Like, just to... You know, just embracing the whole feeling, to be honest. Yeah. What I've noticed about you and your, your recent fights is there's a composure now. When you've got someone hurt, and look, I can understand, as a novice, when you've got someone hurt, you just want to go for the kill. And you had him hurt in that second round. And you could have, I think you could have really got the job done then, but you decided, no, you know what? No, not yet. I'm not going to take the risk. We're not going to walk into something silly. And you almost let him off the hook. And then obviously in the fourth round, you got the job done. Is that something you've sort of brought to your game now where... You don't have to just go for the kill straight away all the time. Yeah, I feel I train. I, I always train for a twelve round fight, you know, to go the distance. But my, you know, but our game plan is to knock out our opponents. Mm. People love knockouts, and and you know that's what we aim to deliver each and every time. But twelve rounds is a long time when you think about you know you know twelve three minute rounds. You can, you know, you can formulate different game plans throughout that that time yeah. in the ring. So. 
there's no point of rushing it. You know, when you rush it, like you can come unstuck. Just like you said, you can get counted on the way in and, you you know, you can get yourself hurt as well. So I, I've learned that, you know, once I do hurt my opponent, and which I do, I've, I've actually got like a 100% hurt record, you know. <laughs> it's despite, the business. Despite, despite the ones that, that didn't get KO'd, I've hurt everybody. So I know when I do hurt them, like, it's just, it's, I have to be really strategic when I'm going in and then I can end the fight. But he was obviously, you know, two-time world champion. I understood why he was once I was in there with him. There were certain things that he was doing. His balance was really good. Um, he was trying to push me back. He was he he didn't box the way he fought Akoli. Mm. Akoli he was in to to the to the left and dipping down, dipping down even slower. He was faster in there. He was on it, and um, he had the the kind of more upright European type of stuff, you know, coming forward. It was it was, it was completely different than what I expected. So um, yeah, we had to adapt. It's strange looking at him now because I remember when Gloyke was coming through, I've been a big fan of his for a while. I remember the victory of Marco Huck and he was considered quite a big, physically imposing cruiserweight. I look at you, I look at uh, Akoli, and you're making these former big cruiserweights look small. Like, the size of you yeah. guys is crazy. Yeah, you know, it is crazy. Some people some people are like saying that we're weight bullies, like I'm a weight bully now, you know. Mm. Like it, we're big, but you know they don't know how how difficult it is even to even come down from you know um, and to cut weight, make weight. It's not it's not an easy thing, um, mm. but you know I'll just say I'm blessed with with size and reach and and strength, so I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna use it. You know this that alone is not gonna win you no fights. No, it's not. So but I, you, you certainly got like a lot of attributes to help you to to win those fights, and it's up to you, I guess, to yeah. use them and Angel implementing plans with yourself to make sure you get the job done. The finish was a good one as well. Um, it's funny because you, you both shared body shots. It's almost like you got upset with his body shot on you and he's like, you know what, I'm getting you out of here. That body shot, because he, he did land a body shot on you and I remember looking yeah, at your face and you was like, you know what, nah, not accepting that. He, he did. And to be honest, that I didn't I didn't even feel that. It was just only when I watched back the video, that's when I saw the body shot and it was like, yeah, he got me with a good, good body shot there, good counter. It landed cleanly. But... I feel obviously I had more power, and I'll, I'm I'm really precise with with my shots. I know where I'm where I'm trying to land, mm. you know. And you know, even in the gym, everybody's saying, "Yeah, I think we we will get him out with a body shot." But with him, we had to be a bit more savvy. You couldn't just go in because it was really good with his counters. You had to be really careful. If you watch Golovkin's fights, people always get knocked down um, when they fight him by just trying to go in too yep. much. Hundred percent. Yeah. Away. And they just go down and just like, it was so fast. So I was really careful with um, with what I was doing. But at the same time, when I did land that shot, I knew I hurt him and he couldn't bring his hands no, up anymore. I just, just let my hands go. Yeah, you, you're very spiteful with your, your finish there. I, I thought it was almost a case of you, you got him in that corner and he wasn't going to come out of the corner. The ref was either going to jump in or he was going to get put to sleep. And I'm happy, actually, the ref jumped in. It's funny, watching it live, I was like, why is the ref jumped in? Then I watch it back, and I'm like, okay, he's not defending himself. Ref jumped in. I, I want to get on to what next. That's all we care about sometimes in boxing. Like, what next? It's like everyone forgets the victory. It's like, oh, what next? They got Chris Billum Smith in the ring. You called out every single champion, which I think is fantastic. That's what you should do. What yeah. do you want next? Is it a Chris Billum Smith rematch? Do you want a world title fight? What's the plan? I want, I want everything, man. Mm. <laughs> I, just, I want, I want to make a lot of money. I want to, you know, win world titles, unify. I want to beat everybody in there. I want to be active as well. The money so, fight's then a Coley, isn't it? That's the money fight, a Coley. That's the one. That's the money fight. I was mm. thinking about. I just come back from a jog now, and I was just thinking about that fight, and I was thinking about how how amazing that fight would be if if both of us had world titles and we yeah. did a unification. That would be a joke. <laughs> and it's very, very, very possible. It's very, very possible. You know, I think that could that could happen. You know, he, he makes a difference. I win a world title um, this year. We can actually have this fight this year. Yeah, yeah. That's because the reality. You look at those champions out there, and they're winnable fights. You know what I mean? I, I think I, yeah. I think we saw that. That they're all winnable fights. And I I would be astounded if by the end of the year you're not a world champion. And I don't want to put pressure on you. But that's yeah. the way, I, watching you and the growth and the development and the fights you're taking, 
if at the end of 2023, Richard Riappo is not a world champion, I'd be very, very shocked. But it would have, really, something would have gone wrong. So there would be, there would, something would, would, there would be a reason behind it. It, it, does, it wouldn't make sense, in other words. I, I feel like I'm definitely on the right trajectory. I've had the, you know, the, the, um, the de- development, mm. you know, had decent, decent, um, a decent CV. I think I have the best CV now, you know, in the, in the, in the UK, especially. So, you know, the time, the time is now, you know, if, if not now, then when? Yeah, look, you're at the age where you've just got to go. You've got to risk it, right? I mean, you've got to roll the dice. There's no point hanging around with, with kind of domestic level, European level fighter, a world level fighter, fight, fight world champions. Is there yeah. any talk of going to heavyweight? We, we hear it with Akoli a lot. Again, you're, you're a big guy. I've stood next to you. Um, I, I don't want to even think about what you walk around at. Um, although I know vanity reasons, you probably still keep your abs. But um, has there been any talk about going to heavyweight? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I did. You know, I, I, I spar with heavyweights mostly, mm. and one thing I know is about heavyweights. You know, the, the cruiserweights are faster. Yeah, you know, they're fast. I move around light heavies. You, the speed is a big is a big difference. But when I'm in a, in the ring with heavyweights, it's like slow motion for me. Is it that bad? Yeah, think, is that that obvious? Like I think we saw a bit with Jack Massey and Joseph Parker, didn't we? Yeah, it's like slow. I promise you, it's like slow motion. It's easier. I mm. feel like it's actually with with cruiserweights. You have to be on point. Because they're faster, like one shot and it's and it's over. It just happens just like that. Whereas heavyweights is just slow. You can see it. The 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 shots are more like telegraphed. So even though they're heavy, but you can see you can more brace yourself if you know if a shot is landing. Mm. And I know at, at the weight I'm very explosive. I don't lose my my explosive my, and I'm very strong. I'm very yeah. strong. So hundred percent. I think that that makes sense. And we've seen what what Jack Massey done. Yeah. Just imagine what I could do if I was to go there. Honestly, and look, it's all about money, isn't it? I mean, I know a lot of people, belts is belts, but you got to make money from the sport and the heavyweight division is the money division. I mean, there's so many fights to be made that are big, big fights. So for me, seeing you up there, seeing Lawrence up there would be fantastic. Imagine you guys fight a cruiserweight, then you fight a heavyweight. I mean, that's kind of what we want to see, right? We want to see those big fights. Uh, Final point, Richard, and really appreciate you giving us some time here. You obviously would have seen the Eubank Jr. um, knockout defeat. How much of a yeah. shock was that for you as well? Yeah, that was a big shock. Yeah. That was a big shock. I did not believe that would happen in that fashion and in that round. No way. I mm. could have never predicted that. So whoever put bets on that, they must be... <laughs> they're, they're, they're laughing right now. <laughs> they, must laughing. they must be celebrating overseas somewhere. Mm. But yeah, it just shows you, in boxing, you have to respect your opponents. You mm. have to respect... Some, some, you know, some opponents you might think, yeah, they're over the hill. You know, you can, you can do them in. You're stronger than them. You're more athletic than them. But it just takes, you know, the right shot to land at the right in the in the right place and time, mm. and and you know the accuracy. And I feel that that's that was the biggest effect there. And sometimes, you know, you know, I don't know. Like the guard was was silly for me. You know, yeah. in the in the that, corner. That kind of hands down, trying to use lateral movement. Put your hands up, man. You know, put your hands up. The most. The most that could happen with your hands up is if they get an uppercut through the through the guard mm. and your head comes, but you're not going to get knocked out. Mm. Indeed, you're not going to get locked out, especially with that skill at that level of Eubank. If he puts his hands up, he would have maybe took a shot, and and the fight would have continued, and he would have got back to what he was doing. But it, it, was a, it was a stupid mistake, and he paid a big, very big, big price for that. Yeah. And um, you know, props to Liam Smith, initially. I was like leaning to Eubank a lot. And then after that, my, you know, after studying Liam Smith, I realized that that guy's actually quite dangerous. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, clever. He, he, he's a thinker in there, like a chess player. He doesn't just, um, just walk forward with his guard up like that. He faints you. He, he, he probes you, you know, he's reading you, he's collecting data. He's pushing you back and putting the mental, mental pressure on you as well. It's a lot to deal with. And if you do if you do back if you do back up in a corner, then that's where he's winning. If you back up in the ropes, that's where he's winning. That's what he wants to do all, all day. Yeah. So uh, he 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 did his thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing a rematch. I want to see how that goes now because now it's 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 even more interesting. That's never happened to Eubank before, which is why he got up in that fashion, got up so quick, he didn't give himself time to kind of recover and get a couple seconds. But with that defeat. Knowing that he's never been hurt before in sparring, in fights, 
never been knocked out before until now by the opponent that he didn't think could do anything to him. How is he going to overcome that mentally, which has made, made it way more interesting for me to watch. Yeah, so, I, I think the mental um, fortune would be okay because you'll get paid millions in the rematch. I think I think that's the thing for him, isn't it? He, he loves his money. It'll be at Anfield, yeah, yeah. 50,000 potentially in there. It'll be a big, big fight. And hopefully you're having big, big fights as well in 2023. Uh, Richard, really appreciate you coming on to give us some time. Thank you so much. Uh, well Saturday, done. Man. Well done with the yeah. win. Big win as well. Your biggest career one, I think, on Saturday. Thanks. You made it look easy. And uh, I think it's onwards and upwards for you in 2023, brother. For sure, man. Thank you very much for us both, man. Have a nice one. Great to hear from the Midnight Train. Richard Riappel there. Hopefully it is the Lawrence Coley fight at the back end of the year. Should be a cracking fight. Two, two massive, massive punches. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Up next, we're going to talk about the big fight coming up this Saturday. Remember, it is live on TalkSport as well. Big light heavyweight unification title fight. Artur Baturbiev versus Anthony Yard. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. trade with him he can't stay in the pocket and allow himself to get teed off on because this guy can punch with both hands yeah um, as everyone has seen 18 wins 18, 18 fights 18 wins 18 knockouts better be ever remaining calm back to the stick using a double jab and then lands the big right hand uppercut big right uppercut, uppercut. It's over. that one has Joe Smith hurt it is over he is not steady on his feet Koykov starting to unravel in there, down he goes, and that's it. Anthony Yard is back, Anthony Yard was ferocious, Anthony Yard has another stoppage victory, and Anthony Yard is ready for Arta Baturbiev. There are three titles on the line, it's a real tough call, and I know that he's a big underdog with a bookmaker's Anthony Yard, but this is going to be something special. Big punches, both of them. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, big fight. Coming up this weekend, remember, it is live on TalkSport. Artur Baturbiev, uh, the unified light heavyweight champion. For me, the number one light heavyweight on the planet, takes on Anthony Yard. Let's get straight to it, um, Gareth. Um, Give me me a percentage here. What percentage chance do you think Anthony Yard has of winning? You've put me on the spot there. (laughs) Okay. Um, It it, it really depends how the fight goes and what his tactics are. Um, my, My view is that he should um, give out, have a high-risk, high-reward strategy of drawing Baturbiev into a fight early. 
mm. um, and not not looking to go down the stretch. Uh, that's that's my view. I could be completely wrong on that, but my view is that his best chances are in the first six or seven rounds, yeah. and he's got to look for a stoppage. Um, there's people out there that believe he can outbox Baturbiev, Baturbiev. Let me get it right. Arta no, I, I say both as well. I do that all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. But but I, I'm told by by top rank. I'm told by Bob Arum explicitly on an interview last week uh, that it's better Beev. And that's what the Americans call it. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get better Beev right in London. Um, because I think it's going to be a very tough fight later on. I think better Beev is is the better better Beev boxer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I I. I I just think Anthony's got to stick it on him, not not from the opening bell, but he's got to look to get in there and create a uh, a four or five round war, if you like, and try and put the guy away. He's 38 this year. Mm. Yard is a big, big puncher. I just don't think he outboxes him because of this fantastic amateur uh, pedigree that he's got. Again, we could be wrong. Um, what am I thinking? I think it's it's a it's a 65. 60-40 fight this. Wow. I, I, maybe, I, that's, maybe that's in the 70-30. Maybe yeah, in the 70-30. I, I was more leaning. I have to be honest, to the 80-20. Um, well, well, you know, I mean, I t maybe, maybe. Yeah. But better be ever is not that difficult to No, he's to not hit difficult to hit. Either, yeah, you, know? I mean, so, you can tag him. You look at all these fights, you, you can tag him. I, I, I said this to someone the other day. What I think better be uh, does is he outmans you. Um, like he's coming against big punchers. You, you look at Vosdick was a big puncher, a good yeah. boxer, Joe Smith. And he's like, okay, let's go for it then. Let, let's see who is the biggest man here, who, who has the biggest kahunas. And he seems to just destroy you. Um, and, and look, I, I can understand why some people think that Yard might be a better boxer, but they're wrong. I mean, you go and look at Arta Baturbia's yeah. amateur record. He can, he can box. It's just that he knocks everyone out. So you don't really get to see it. Um, I, I guess the big advantage is that Yard... It's fighting at home, um, right? It's at the Ovo Arena. And he has the experience. And so does Tunde of what happened in Russia against Kovalev. Obviously, Tunde admit he made some mistakes in the corner. Yard probably made some mistakes in the fight as well. So hopefully they take from that experience and they use it on Saturday. But I think it's a very, very difficult task. Yeah, it is. But but, you, but he's, as you say, he's got the advantages of better be of his traveling. Not that he, that, not that he minds. He's, he's no. relocated no. to Montreal. That's where he fights. Um, you know, and, and Anthony's, you know, he's, he's got the, the waters of his own country. I think going to tractor, tractor city in, again, to, to face, uh, Sergei Kovalev was a, was a tough assignment. Mm -hmm. Um, admittedly it was a Kovalev who perhaps wasn't at the stage of in his, his career that better be of us. Cause we remember better be of us as the guy who lost twice to Usyk in the world amateurs, in the Olympics. Um, and. Usyk, Alexander Usyk is his, are his two biggest losses in the amateurs. Yeah. Um, and, and think about the different size of the men as well. Um, he's not a huge man, better be, but he's, he's built like a tank. <laughs> yes. And like you say, he does, he plays, he plays chicken or um, he plays chicken with a power game. Um, and, you know, he is smart. Um, we mustn't rule Anthony out in this. This is a massive opportunity. It's a little bit like Maybe the blueprint was there from last weekend, you know. Um, what Smith did to, to Eubank is there uh, for Anthony Yard. He's just got to leave it all in there on the night. If mm. he does win, there'll be so mu much celebration for him. Um, he's the mandatory, remember. So I don't think there's any rematch clause as no. far as um, no. I understand it. So it's all on the line here. Um, yeah. it, it's going to be a phenomenal night. Um, and, and, and how brilliant is it at the moment, the bigger picture here, that we are getting um, these huge names coming to the UK. Great. Both Robert Smith and and um, Bob Arab told me in the last week that the British fans are the best in the world. Thank you, all of you who are listening now. Go to the fight because you're making it happen for us in this country. Yeah, we're getting them and we're seeing yeah. fighters want to come over as well. Yeah. Um, you look at Terence Crawford. I remember what he said a few months back about when he was here and he said the British fight fans are, are the best. Uh, we, we pack arenas, we pack stadiums. Um, obviously, there has been some talk about Canelo coming over here for John Ryder. He probably isn't going to come, but I think Canelo would be quietly surprised that he could fill a stadium. We're like, wow, I didn't realise that I had that much of a fan base over here. So it is good that we are seeing some of the biggest names in boxing 
come over here. Look, you've covered the sport, Gareth, for 30 years. Where would it rank if Yard were to beat Viterbiev? When you think of sort of the biggest British upsets of all time, surely it's right at the top or there or thereabouts, maybe just below Lloyd Hunnigan. Like, it must be there. Yeah. Well, Lloyd Hunnigan against Donald Curry in, you know, 30 years ago, that's one of the big ones. It has mm. to be. Um, Tyson Fury defeating uh, Vladimir Klitschko yeah, yeah. Uh, in Dusseldorf in 2015 when we did not know at that point <laughs> yeah, about yeah. Fury. Um, I'd say Cal Brook against Sean Porter, mm. um, you know, 10 years ago. Um, you were, Oh, trying to think of some others now. Um, um, those, those are probably the big ones. No, those they, are, they, the, big they ones. are the big ones. Yeah, they're um, the big ones. Yes, they are, and 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 it does. It will rank up there. No, it, it ranks right up there. Those are ones away from home, of course. But um, at home, you know, it's. I think there's some. I think there's more I, pressure I think on at the sometimes. Time, Froch Boutet was a bit of an upset at the time. Yeah, it was. It well, was. Boutet was coming in like undefeated. Froch yeah, had just been yeah. beat by Andre Ward. Yeah, and in fact, when you think about that, um. That's a very good fight to call up right now, given what's just happened in Manchester. Uh, in Manchester because Carl Froch was on the verge of retirement. Mm. He was gonna if he'd lost that fight, he was gonna go. That was it, and that's what he did. He trapped a guy on the ropes and he gave it his all. That's what Anthony Yard's got to do. When if he gets um, better, be of in trouble as as Callum Johnson had. He had him down early in their fight, and obviously he was stopped soon afterwards. Our, our man from Lincolnshire. That's what Yard's got to do. Put it on him and not let him up again. Um, right. Very excited about it, though. Very excited. For this, and also for the for the debut of young Moses Atoma as well. His brother Carol Atoma's on the card as well. Yeah. That's worth a mention. 18 years old, just signed for his debut, wants to become a heavyweight world champion, quicker than Mike Tyson, 22, 20 days, four months and 22 days. Can he do it by May 2025? It's a great story anyway. Yeah, look, he plans to have, what, eight fights or nine fights this year. So, yeah, um, it's a great start to him. And uh, well done for Frank and signing him as well, because I know everyone wanted that signature. Uh, talking to Frank, uh, let's hear from uh, Queensbury uh, promoter Frank Warren. This is what he had to say uh, about the fight, and he gives Yard a very, very good chance. I genuinely think he's got a great chance. You know, Berbatev, as you said, he's a monster. He's had 18 fights, world champion, three belts, 18 fights, 18 knockouts. He's a wrecking machine. But Anthony Yard, he's had 23 fights, and two losses. One was a world title challenge, which he nearly won that fight, and uh, a loss on points. He's got the experience now, and I believe, and he's got the punch power, and he's very fit, and I, I genuinely believe he, if he catches this fella, I think he will knock him over. And Frank Warren has always said, said the right things. And, and look, he's going to give his man a chance as well. Um, there's a part of me that, look, I... I I know Anthony Yard personally. I'm from Stratford. He's from Ilford. He's only 10 minutes away. The Peacock Gym's a few minutes away from where I am now. I want to see him win. But there's also a selfish part of me that wants to see Baturbiev win because I'm desperate to see an undisputed fight between Baturbiev and Bivol at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, it's a fight we'd all love to see. I mean, I even posited it with uh, Bob Arum. Could uh, uh, Baturbiev and Bivol, given that they both fought in the UK, could that take place in the UK? <laughs> At the O2 Arena, I think it could sell out the O2 Arena. I think there's an absolute. If like if this ignites this week and 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 fans really enjoy Better Beev and his 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 presence here and his resonance is big enough, I think that fight's doable in the UK because they're only going to get five thousand in Montreal or mm. eight thousand in Vegas or whatever it be. And I did place it with Bob and say, could that happen? Obviously, like you say, we'd love Anthony Yard to win, but I would like to see that showdown this year. Um, and, and we shall be positing that question to use that word more than once in this section. Shouldn't really do that. Um, the, the, to, to, to get b better BF's view on how soon you can get the Bivol fights on. Obviously, he's with Eddie Hearn, yeah. but um, I'd love to see that as well. Yeah. Uh, Callum Smith, the WBC mandatory. Um, so Callum Smith wants his shot at the winner. Who do you give a better chance of beating uh, Better BF? Callum Smith or Anthony Yard? That's a good call. Um, I don't know. Um, you could. It's very difficult to say, <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Smith's got a Smith's got a very good chance against him again as well. But he's not fought guys as big as him. Yeah. Um, and who punches hard. Um, 
obviously he went 12 rounds with with Saul Canelo Alvarez um he's looked very almost good. a smaller version of yeah Bertabiev isn't it and, and yeah. Callum was on the back foot throughout the whole fight yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so who do I give a better chance to wow it's, it's like pop master um uh I think equal chance equal chance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, perch firmly on that fence. Terrible, like it's it. horrible splinters. Horrible splinters. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but don't forget, look, that fight uh, live on Talk Sport uh, this Saturday. Adam Catchell, Gareth A. Davis in the studio. For no, wait, you're there. Are you there? No, it's a live outside broadcast. Cannot Ooh. wait to be there. I mean, I am. I cannot wait for Wednesday when it begins with the workouts. We're in mm. the drum, which is next to that car park uh, at Wembley. Uh, but next to Wembley Stadium and, and Wembley Arena. No, I'm there. I'm there for the whole week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. Doing and I can't wait it to all. see um, yeah. what yeah. you do. Because yeah. again, I, I will applaud Gareth and the work he does on, on the Saturday. And I think it goes sometimes unnoticed how he has to run around and get all the interviews, jump in the <laughs> ring. And like, it's, sometimes doesn't have permission to get in the ring, but will find his way in the ring. One of the first interviews. I, I love it. It's fantastic. So looking forward to hearing all your great work uh, when we do Final Extra next week, Tuesday. All right, uh, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to hear from Josh Taylor after his fight with Jack Catchell was postponed. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Andy Oladipo, uh, the great Gareth A. Davis as well. Uh, we've got the bad news uh, midweek that Josh Taylor, Jack Catchell, a rematch that we've been waiting for now for just over a year has been pushed back once again and Josh Taylor out injured that fight you know what's very interesting Gareth I did see what belts he got again is it the WBA or what's he got the WBO it's it? just the WBO now they've yeah. asked for um, medical they want they want to see proof of the injury which is interesting um, I'm not quite sure why I, I don't know why they think Josh Taylor would be running away from a Jack Catchell fight but I can understand the frustration obviously this fight has been pushed back a couple of times um Look, you spoke to Josh Taylor. We're going to hear the audio um, or a bit of it anyway. But so where is he in terms of his own mindset? Because, look, I think people forget he's a fighter that wants to fight. He must be frustrated as well that he's not fighting. Absolutely. It's a, well, it's a torn plantar fascia, isn't it, where he, he's um, damaged that part of his, of his foot. Um, it, you know, we'll hear the interview in a minute, but I did it on, on, on video with him. Um, and uh, he's got this air boot at the moment. Mm. Um, he, 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 he scoffed at the notion that he's running away uh, from Jack Cattrall. Why would he? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really make much sense. Um, a lot of people believe that he lost that fight. It was obviously one of the big controversial moments of last year. Um, I, I thought he lost as well so at I, the time yeah, lost that uh, by, a, by a couple of rounds. Um, and, uh, you know, he wants to right that wrong in his, in his view. All, all the flack he's taken... Uh, from it but if they want the medical evidence then I'm sure you know if, it, if it's contractual he'll provide it but you know he was so up for that fight he's out for eight to ten weeks so why would he want that he wouldn't he doesn't want to be out of the the ring for so long these guys are at the pinnacle of their careers so that doesn't make sense to me all right let's hear um from the current world champion Josh Taylor he caught up with Gareth a. Davis a, a couple of days ago I was really excited for the fight you know I was uh... I had the bit between my teeth, everything was going really well. And then I picked up the, the injury on Monday. Um, then I tried to pull through and do a little bit more training, um, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't put any pressure on the foot and stuff. And then I went and, done the, uh, went and got uh, scans done on the MRI and I got the results back on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, it's, it's come back with a, a complete tear uh, in the plantar fascia tendon on my heel. Um, which is it's, it's painful, you know. So, yeah, I can't I can't do anything, which is unfortunate. Like, you know, I'm just uh, I'm gutted, you know, gutted. So, so it's last Monday. When does it go? How does it go? And is it just really painful when it happens? Well, I was I was sparring, uh, believe it or not. Um, I was I was out running, and then I got the I was like I feel a wee bit of pain in my in my heel, but it wasn't anything like to stop me training. Um, and then. Halfway through the week, um, I was doing like my my circuit training, like bar jumps and things like that, and I couldn't I couldn't jump off my foot. It was really it was too painful to jump and land and stuff. So I stopped doing that. So and then I stopped running, and I stopped doing like this, the high impact stuff on my feet and rested it for the next few days and just done like bike work, 
and boxing work. Um, and then on Monday I was in I was in sparring and uh, I felt a nip when I moved and I sort of uh, disrupted this a little bit and then I went to throw a couple of combinations and pu- push off my foot and I just felt like a pop and a tear and it was excruciating pain, you know, I had to stop the spar straight away and jumped off and, you know, my foot was swollen up or my heel was all swollen up. Um, so I, I knew I had done something pretty bad. So um, I went to physio and then I managed to book in and get a scan and that done pretty quick, pretty quickly with a specialist in Liverpool, the Spire Hospital in Liverpool. So, yeah, and they got the results back on, on Wednesday, Thursday. And, um, yeah, torn plantar fascia, complete tear in the plantar fascia tendon. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty bad one. Um, and it must, be, it must be odd when people are saying that um, you, you, you're trying to sneak out of the rematch. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. I know it's funny. Um, I don't know why people would think that, you know, I'm, I'm as game as a badger. I'm pretty sure I've proved that my whole career. And everybody who knows me knows I'm, I would fight with my own shadow. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite funny. It's quite amusing that people are saying that. Well, I don't know why I would make up a lie to not fight someone that I want to really... Obviously, you were there on Saturday night with the the old enemy. Um, it kind of seemed to kick off at ringside. Talk us through that. Yeah. Oh, it was just handbags at dawn stuff. Um, it was quite convenient because I think Ben Shalom planned it. Um, I was sitting there minding my own business, believe it or not. Uh, I was watching Scott Forrest, my teammate, boxing behind, right directly behind Joe in the corner of the team, the first row in the inner ringside. But so I was sitting there with my pal watching the boxing and uh, Ben Shalom comes over with no one other than Jack and sits sort of right next to me and Jack started an argument to which that they've not edited in that bloody video that's went viral, sorry. So yeah, I was sitting there, believe it or not, they started an argument and I just reacted. So yeah, that's all it is. But it was yeah, it was handbags that done stuff. What was he saying to you? Can you recall or was it can't really recall. It was just a lot of nonsense, really. It was quite funny. I think it was something like, "How's your big toe?" or something. <laughs> and I just reacted and sat back to him, and then that was it. So I sort of started an argument. So yeah, it was quite funny. On to this week. Uh, one of your top-ranked stablemates, Arta Betabiev, is over here fighting Anthony Yard again. Yeah. You know, Betabiev, eighteen fights, eighteen knockouts, looks like a big favourite. But Anthony Yard can bang as well, and he's been in a world title fight before. Yeah. Um, again, it looks like a terrific contest, and it looks like one of those fights that you can't blink in the first four or five rounds. I don't know how your take is on the fight. Yeah, I think it's a good fight. You know, um, I think Anthony Yard's a, a very highly skilled fighter. You know, I think I, I just think sometimes he just he doesn't do enough to 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 get these. Uh, results, you know, it, it, sometimes he doesn't do enough work, but he's very. If he did a little bit more work, he, he, he would he would be a lot more effective because he's very good defensively. He's great offensively as well. He's got good speed, power, and timing. You know, so I think he's an awesome fighter. I think he's a real good fighter, real slick. Um, and obviously Berbatev, he, he is a bit of a monster. Um, but he's getting a wee bit on now. You know, he's getting a little bit older. He's not going to be around. Thirty-eight. Yeah, he's not going to be around for. A long time, so yeah, I think um, I think it's a real interesting fight. I think it would be, I think I think probably a go with Ber- Berbatev, but um, I think it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a real exciting fight. Josh Taylor there speaking to Gareth Faye Davis. Um, look, I, I wonder. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of put put myself in Jack Catchell's sort of mind now. If you're Jack Catchell, you've not fought for a year, um, which financially is not great, physically is not great either. Do you have a stay busy fight? Do, do you do something like that? We saw Anthony Yard, who we just spoke about, have just that, right, a few months ago. Um, doesn't have to be against a killer. Just get in there, have rounds, cut weight. Do you think Jack should do that? Or do you think he should do what he's doing now, which is just literally sort of stay on the shelf waiting for Josh Taylor to recover? Well, I would wait because yeah. it's a massive fight. Um, I, I expect it's a, well, I think it is a pay-per-view. I, I think I know it is a it pay-per-view. Will be a pay-per-view yeah. Yeah. Ben Shalom, um, I, yeah. Yeah. I would wait. Um, because, you know, frankly, um, you know, you've got a chance of making a lot of money in a fight that people are massively interested in. Um, and, you know, it could all go horribly wrong for him if he 
you know, faces are, I don't know who, um, uh, uh, Jose Ramirez, or maybe it wouldn't be someone of that ilk. But, no, not that ilk, no. You know, I'm, but I'm just it, talking anyone. I'm just talking even if it's a, a journeyman. I'm just talking have a fight. Get used to walking to the ring, getting your hands wrapped. Uh, have, have a cut in weight. Because again, stand at the 140 for both of those guys is a problem. Just something. Like for you to be at this stage of your career and have not fought for over a year, surely that's a problem. It is, but you could get a little nick on your eye. You could, mm. you could, you know, that fight with, with if you imagine that, that Taylor's got a, um, he said he can only do upper body work right now. Um, if, if you imagine, where are we? Um, 20, 20th of Feb, 20th of March, training camp, April, that fight could happen late May. Yeah. Um, you know, we know it's, it's destined for Glasgow. Um, you know, I, I just really don't think you should risk it because, you know, it's a massive fight. It's a big earning day for him. Mm. Anything could happen and, that, and, and it all gets knocked out of kilter. He may well do that, by the way, but I wouldn't advise it. I don't think it's wise at this stage. Is there a danger really that the WBO um, strip Josh Taylor? here? Again, he's not defended that belt <clears throat> for over a year now. It's not his fault, right? Things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is there a danger that they say, one second, well, you know, we, we have got other mandatories waiting. We've got, we, there's a queue of people wanting the opportunity. Well, look, listen, he, he turned down fights, I think, with the likes of Jose Pedraza from memory yeah. um, to, to, to have this mm. catch-all fight, to right the wrongs because of, a public, because of public opinion. Um, th these two fighting doesn't need a belt right now, um, yeah. in my view. Um, but yeah, there is a risk that the belt could be taken off him. Although I think they'll look sympathetically. When you look at, um, Taylor's record when you look at what he's achieved and I think he you know him speaking to the fact that um yeah he said there are obviously there are a few people in his face on on Saturday night although it's not advisable in Manchester not advisable with with Josh Taylor to be drunk and say Catterall's gonna knock you flat on your back blah 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 um he said he was so happy at the reception that he received from people let's not forget you know, time was when he was moved to number five pound for pound in the world in the ring magazine yeah. rankings. Yeah. So, you know, he has great standing and his achievements, um, you know, to, to become the undisputed champion at 140 pounds were, were astronomical. Um, you know, and I've known, known Josh a long time since the Olympics, really before the Olympics in 2012. And I remember his disappointment at, uh, at going out early in that, um, He's a great character for me, and I think he's very happy under Joe McNally, by the way. Um, again, a shift after Ben Davison. Um, so, I know, I, 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 think that, I think he will hold that WBO title if that fight gets reestablished soon uh, with a date and a time and a venue. Yeah, let, let's hope it happens in, again, May, June, the latest. Uh, very quickly, we've got a couple of minutes here. I just want to quickly touch on the news that Floyd Mayweather as I think you pointed out a few months back, is having an exhibition fight in London, O2 Arena, and he's taking on Aaron Chalmers, um, who has obviously MMA experience, I think just the one boxing fight. Um, you know, I don't know if there's an appetite, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I think there's an appetite for Floyd Mayweather exhibition fights in the Middle East, people that haven't really seen him as much. I, I'm not quite sure if there's an appetite for Floyd Mayweather fights over here in the UK. Um, I don't think it does the O2 Arena. I don't think they get 20,000 in there, if I'm honest with you. But I mean, again, what's your thoughts on it? You might well, think different. Well, it's how it's marketed. It's how it's, um, um, it's how much Floyd sells it. I mean, I, 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 you know, transparency here. I used to do a podcast with Aaron Chalmers, Gareth and Aaron podcast four or five years ago when he was involved with Bellator. Mm. Um, I've, I've got so much time for Aaron. Mm. Um, he's, he's, got an incredible life and um you know he, he battles a lot of issues yeah um he'll be delighted with this i just hope he does go through with it and fights or, or has an exhibition bout with with floyd mayweather i think it's brilliant for him um he's got a lot of followers by the way yeah, he's got, I, I think um, on his instagram he's got like two and a half million instagram yeah he's got him, a yeah. lot of followers and you know that whole joe geordie shaw that's yeah. obviously where he emanates from and um, that whole geordie shaw setup They've got a huge fan base and they've got the, what they call the, the OGs of, of um, Geordie Shaw or something. They've got their own show. I don't watch it. I never watched it anyway. But, 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 just, just for clarity there, I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> no, I don't. But, but I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm not in that milieu. Yeah. Um, it's, but, 
But I know that Aaron is a phenomenal guy and one of the most popular characters from the whole thing. Um, no, because that was that was chaos central, that program, wasn't it? You know, um, chaos and carnage central. Um, and um, yeah, I just hope it happens and I hope it does go ahead. And as I said, Floyd revealed that to me um, when he was here in November and he's as true to his words. I mean, stuck my neck out with that and said it would, he said he was going to fight here in February and there we have it. And I think it's great. I, I don't have any issue with it. I wrote a big piece about the misfits um, for, in a column for the Telegraph and, and I stick by it that um, we're better to embrace all of this exhibition bout stuff mm. and, and, and see where it goes. I mean, this week, just to put a cap on it, this week we're expecting uh, Tommy Fury and Jake Paul to be confirmed for the Middle East for February the 25th, the same night, by the way. As yeah, Floyd that, and Aaron Jarvis. Floyd's got it wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe, mm. maybe. Um, but if they put it in sync, uh, yeah. and 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 you can watch both, then then fine. Um, and and I, you know, that that fight, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Are we deciding with that? Is it a boxing match? Is it an influencer match? Those two are both toying with both yeah. sides of the equation. And uh, and you know, I'm fascinated with with Fury and. Uh, and and Jake Paul, because as as Tyson Fury said at the weekend to Spencer, who was Spencer Oliver, who was uh, up doing interviews for us up in uh, in the north, um, if Tommy doesn't win, he shouldn't he should stay in Saudi Arabia and not come home. A lot of jeopardy. If Tommy loses, I, I think um, there'll be uh, there'll be a few DNA checks. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> surely he can't uh, gareth on that bombshell we'll end it uh, thank you very much as always my man really appreciate it that's it for this week thank you so much for downloading our fight night extra remember we're back every single tuesday for more great content and if you miss us make sure you subscribe to fight night to catch up on all our other episodes even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.